<laughs> On this episode of the Brand and Demand Show, our guest today is Justin Rowe, who is the CMO and founder of a company called Impactable, where they do a hell of a job of running LinkedIn ads for companies and helping them win business uh, through those LinkedIn ads. Justin, welcome to the show. Happy to be here. We obviously have a, a long history, so it's kind of cool to reconnect uh, and yeah. to also be on the podcast. So I'm excited. You bet, man. Yeah, me and Justin met on LinkedIn. It's a LinkedIn bromance. Like a lot of the relationships that you, you know you start on LinkedIn, they and then they come off LinkedIn. They go offline. You have conversations and Zooms and calls and podcasts. And so always cool to do that type of stuff. And you know, Justin, the thing about him is like when you think about ads, people, you think about less organic and more paid ads. The thing about Justin I love is that he he still puts out a ton of organic content and drives demand uh, both organically and uh, paid as well. So, so Justin, really just for the audience has some context. How did you first get into LinkedIn ads? Uh, so I probably, uh, it's probably been five or six years now. Um, I started as a freelancer. I came from the restaurant world. I started a LinkedIn lead gen agency and it was kind of the back in the heyday of LinkedIn automation <laughs> and outreach. You know, I was one of those people that was running kind of the agency that would uh, be sending 100 plus connection requests uh, a day for clients. And it was a beautiful process. You, it was it was the volume play um, and it, it worked. Uh, so I was doing that. And then that we grew that to maybe 210 active clients. Uh, that It was a brutal business and LinkedIn kept, you know, it was a constant battle with LinkedIn to kind yeah. of stay ahead of the algorithm. Um, I saw the writing on the wall. I we introduced LinkedIn ads. Um, I started personally dabbling in ads because I couldn't, you know, as a scrappy startup, I couldn't afford to have someone experts run all my channels. So I took it upon myself to learn. I really fell in love with marketing, and then eventually, you know, we offered LinkedIn ads as as an offer. Selfishly, I was thinking about keeping that um, to myself and just selling the outreach agency and then starting a new ads agency myself, but LinkedIn mm. smacked down outreach. And I realized that my only hope of that outreach agency surviving, it needed LinkedIn ads. And so I married the two together. I did do an exit and then we, we I stayed on as CMO and we pivoted into an ads agency. Boom, there you have it, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. So. Um, so what what are your what are your thoughts now about automation on LinkedIn? Sending sending you know putting your LinkedIn on autopilot as some people say and sending automated messages in the DMs. Real quick before we get the ads. So it was I can't knock that it it was an effective use when you had the volume play. It was never yeah. a quality play, but yeah. I can't say that it wasn't useful back in the day. Now now that you can yeah. only send like a hundred requests per day, I mean a hundred per, per week. week it's not an effective use of your resources on LinkedIn. And if you have other viable choices because of how seriously LinkedIn takes it and how much of a resource your profile can be, I would, there's a lot of caution flags I would throw up, uh, not not the best. Now I am, obviously, yeah, you said it, I'm really big on paid, uh, on paid ads like that. I love that space, but I can't yep. deny the power of LinkedIn organic, which is why I put in the work, I show up every day there because it's pretty hard to replace that. See, man, and that's one of the reasons I love you and, and just entrepreneurs like yourself in general and even business leaders, like you didn't look at the situation or the market or what you guys offer and say, oh, well, this is what we do. And so we got to ride with it until it's freaking gone and extinct. You were like, oh, the automation thing's slowing down. The, the technology and LinkedIn has changed its terms. Okay, 
well, should we keep going down this road or should we pivot to something else? And you made a pivot at like literally the exact perfect time, I think, because it led you to this yeah. other opportunity. Somebody bought your company, now you're doing LinkedIn ads. And obviously LinkedIn ads are gonna be around for quite some time. Yeah. I think we could all agree that, right? And then also you're not one of those people that's like, oh, just ads because you sell ads. You're like, no, nah, dude, organic content works too. And so I just appreciate yeah. that, man. The honesty, the ability to pivot when you need to, I think so key in entrepreneurship. So, um, okay, so let's talk about ads, LinkedIn ads. Who should be running LinkedIn ads and who shouldn't be running LinkedIn ads? Is there a certain you know, dollar amount per customer, per re annual revenue that you need to have, certain size company you recommend? Like, what do you, how do you break it down? And this is another area that I feel like I'm pretty transparent about, you know, it's not just everyone should be running LinkedIn ads because yeah. that's not the truth. And I have a I have a sweet spot for startups because I feel like it's hard to get transparent advice. Everyone's trying to steer you into their product. Right. Um, so LinkedIn ads to me is rarely the first paid ad channel that you should worry about carving out. It is a little more expensive for cold traffic. Um, the superpower of it is targeting. So for me, LinkedIn ads works best if A, it's a it's B2B, it tends to work best because it has a higher lifetime. If you have a higher lifetime value offer, I would say it needs to at least be maybe like 3K uh, up, if not 5K as like a total lifetime value of what a, a client, snagging a client means to you. Then LinkedIn could be a good choice. If you have other quality traffic sources to your website, that's a huge, that's a huge thing because LinkedIn in a silo is really hard, tough not to crack. But if you have Google traffic, some paid listing traffic, you have really good organic traffic and then use LinkedIn to basically qualify and retarget that traffic. And you don't have to rely so much on LinkedIn as a, a new cold channel, then that's a really good place. So your, your other, your other art marketing ecosystem to me is the biggest uh, the factor of who should run it or not. If you don't have any other paid channels or if you don't have any other profitable paid channels to your website yet, like I probably you know wouldn't suggest LinkedIn ads as where to start. That's great, man. So I wanna dive in here for a quick second. So if you're, if you're somebody out there right now that is adding in kind of cold emails of you know, potential customers that you've got, that you've bought from somebody, like a list that you bought, and then you're uploading them into LinkedIn ads, is that a no-no or do you think that can work or would you rather say, hey, stop for on the LinkedIn ad side and go to the, the other traffic that you're referring to, like get people different ways to your website first? Yeah, the just buying the buying the list and uploading that, um, again, like if you're just uploading that to LinkedIn, that's probably a bad idea. If you're targeting that traffic with like display ads and Facebook ads and sending them emails and then also hitting them with LinkedIn, like if it's part of a, a multi-channel play, I can, I can see that. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't say, cause uploading a list in and of itself to LinkedIn, if, if it's a really good list, um, you know, that, that can actually be good. The best thing to do is usually uploading company lists and then using LinkedIn's targeting to say, okay, these relevant decision makers at these 300 companies, that's who I wanna target. Um, Got it. But that's probably the way I'd, I'd approach that. Okay. And then what about like getting a little bit tactical here? Um, what about choosing an objective? Like what would you recommend? Cause then there's lead gen, there's a couple other ones. Like yeah. what, what would you recommend selecting? And this is probably a, a big area that I think, you know, we we align with on objective is because I I stay away from just the hard CTA. It's not just hammer them with ads and push for the, right. the call to action and, and get their email and then pester them with 12 emails. 
um, the biggest thing that we do is probably a similar mindset to what you do with your clients. We position, we use ads as a channel to get content in front of prospects to position us or our clients as experts in their field. So as an objective, yeah. initially it's, it's website visits. We just want to get on the radar. It's maybe video views, it's consumption. And then it's not necessarily, we want them to see these three ads and then, you know, book a call. We want to retarget, we want to push them to our website, let them see, and then we want to build trust and credibility. So the content we're putting out is like case studies, expert advice, podcast interviews. It's the same kind of stuff that you might be looking at with organic content, which is also why I'm big on the organic side. Like I actually take my lessons from organic and I turn that into a paid strategy. Like I don't see them as two completely separate worlds. The only difference exactly. is how you distribute it. Right. Yeah, that's an interesting point you make there. <laughs> I think a lot of people, especially in the past, I think I think now it's changing, but I think in the past people were like, oh, organic post is like more value-based and then ads that we're gonna pay yeah. for needs to be like a hard sell of like, if you need a new service provider to do this, then reach out to yeah. us. And it's like, what you're saying is like, actually both content in terms of the substance are very close, right? It's yeah. just one, you're able to pay to target a specific group of people. And so there's a little bit more detail and nuance with it. And the other one is just going out to whoever's gonna see it, right? Yeah, and, and the way I kind of learned more is, so my my personal LinkedIn account, like it's, I, I think I'm about to cross 50,000 followers and it is a decent revenue source. It's not just like for show, it's not just I pretend right. like I have these followers and then I hope that people use that fluff to like trust me to then buy my services. Like right. the, the post that I'm putting out and the value I give there drives inbound calls. So I could yes. literally take, and I have done this, I'll literally take a post that I know will get inbound calls for me and I'll make an ad from that, or I'll just screenshot that exact post and I'll yep. run that as an ad. So yeah, it's definitely not two separate strategies. And it's, it is crazy to me, like, well, most of those companies that just have like a very corporate ad structure, they really suck <coughs> any organic presence. So it's not like they're exactly. killing it on organic and then yes. like they can't figure out ads. <clears throat> like they don't have the insights from having a profitable organic to then transfer it over. Uh, so I think there's, that's the disconnect there uh, with those two. But yeah, if you actually do organic right, you literally can take your five or six, because you know this too, like if you're if you're looking at Shield or whatever you use and you look at your, you know your top five or 10 performing posts, you can literally just grab those, copy and paste, you know, maybe tweak that and you're iterating, but it's almost <laughs> down to a science after like a, a year or more like creating this stuff. Absolutely, man. Yeah, I think you're right. If, if a company hasn't experienced what good organic content for a long period of time can do for a business, I think yeah. it, they, they look at ads <laughs> differently. If you've, if you've seen what good organic can do, then you're like, yeah. damn, this shit's powerful. Like we got to start incorporating organic that, right? for most of these companies as a checkbox. So like, ah, we have to be active right. on Facebook. <laughs> we got to be active. And then their, their organic looks as dumb and boring as like most ads do. So then right. it's, they're not doing either one that, that great. And so they really need, need to have that mindset. And when it clicks for them with organic, which I think they're more apt to like be okay with those kind of like posts. And then once they see that success, you know, they might be more okay with then transferring that over. But it's really hard for those corporate ones to like run any kind of ad that doesn't look like a corporate ad. So mm -hmm. we gotta we gotta beat up some of our clients uh, occasionally. Yeah. And the bigger they get, the more red tape there is. The more like oh, oh, yes. an emoji, an emoji in yeah. my oh, ad. Whoa, oh. whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah.
Well, that's why I, po I poke the bear a little bit in some of my content, as yeah. you know, where I kind of act like I'm the CEO, you know, and, and the, the, not just the regular CEO, but the kind of delusional CEO or yeah. maybe the misinformed CEO where they're like, we need more company logos. And it's like, no, you <laughs> don't. Like, and so, but, you know, if you're not following Justin on LinkedIn, like definitely go follow him because what he said is exactly true. Like I think over the past, and I've seen over the past six to 12 months, you've even like upped your content game organically, yeah, I feel sure. like a lot. And Justin's very transparent. So he shares stuff that like he would probably walk you through if you were a customer. Of course, they can do things that you're not gonna be able to do on your own, obviously. But he gives away a lot of like the secrets and tips and strategies. And that's why people come to him. So it's like, if you're listening right now, don't think it's a good lesson in content in general. Don't try to hoard all the secrets. Don't try to be like, <laughs> oh, we can't share strategies. We can't share, you know, we can't, we can't talk about our consulting tips or the things that we do that are unique to our process and our system that help us get X, Y, and Z results. If you, sh if you keep all of them in and you never share them, how are you gonna build trust and credibility yeah. with companies? Because if you're, if you're going against Justin, let's just say you're a, a LinkedIn ads agency for the sake of it, because this could be any business. You take your company and you guys share nothing. You absolutely share no secrets, no strategies, no tactics, no techniques, nothing. And then you've got Justin over here. It's like, yeah, hey guys, here's what it all is. You wanna know how to run a LinkedIn ad campaign? This is it. Here's, here's audience size. This is what it should be, right? The, the, the companies and the prospects are going to go to him because he's been open and transparent and he's given a lot of value for free. That's just how the content game works if you don't already know that, right? So yeah. what, speaking of audience size, how do you, how do you, what's a good audience number? Like what should they drill it down to? So this is, I mean, people have different opinions on this um, and it's different from each platform. And so a couple of the main, the main schools of thought is A, there's a lot of people that are more used to Facebook and the, the school of thought when running Facebook ads is the algorithm, you know, is pretty mature. You can actually broaden it a little bit and the algorithm on Facebook will help narrow down. And so it's actually a good, a good thought to actually keep it more broad on LinkedIn. The algorithm is less mature. The school of thought is to, to boil it down as much as possible. I think traditionally the size was like under 30,000 is really small, 60 to like 120,000 is like a pretty decent target audience. Um, I I believe that is evolving. I've been testing, you know, going a little broader. Um, and, and LinkedIn broad is, is still better quality than Facebook broad because Facebook broad is like, they follow Gary Vee and, and they like, you know, this content about CRMs. Like I have no mm. idea what industry, company size, position title, but they like some of this it stuff. It used to be more. It used to be more specific, right? Yeah. But then the regulations and laws now. It's really. Yeah. It's yeah. But with LinkedIn, you can say these three geographic areas: uh, company size fifty to to two hundred. These eight industries I do well with, and they have to be seniority uh, director level and above in these job functions. So mm -hmm. that lets you be a little more broad. Like you can you can broaden that out. So I'd actually be more okay with broadening it out versus trying to dial it into like the perfect. 20,000 ICP because the, okay. the big difference too is there's a difference between your absolute ideal client accounts and the best people to target on LinkedIn because that group may not be the most active on LinkedIn and there may be mm. some other groups that aren't as ideal they don't have as much budget but they're way more active on LinkedIn they're way mm. easier and cheaper to reach and you could get them to the funnel faster so I tend to go a little broader and then see where the data takes me um, on LinkedIn. So I'm okay so advertising to like 150K people. Um, most people yep. might, you know, might say that's bad or- uh, 500,000 is probably a little too big. Yeah, it could be for the right, 
it depends on it depends on the group, but I would say, yeah, as general, that's bad. Um, I'm testing some pretty big groups. Um, you know, we have LinkedIn ads as our core service. Like, so our theoretically our total addressable market is pretty big, like anyone who runs a business. But then, obviously, you know, that's pretty dumb. Like, there's five specific industries we do best with, and there's two right. that are like our top ones. It's software yeah. and marketing agencies, nice. but. Surprisingly, my broad campaigns who are targeting like 500,000, they, they do pretty good and they snag booked calls relatively cheap. Um, and then you just have to follow that like, okay, but are they actually closing? What are those deal sizes? How long do they actually stay with you? Because uh, if you get too hung up on those initial metrics, you might realize like you're just getting a lot of crappy business that doesn't stick around very long. Mm, right. Who wants that? So, yeah. um, and then how long, I know it depends, but how long like realistically should companies be giving this before they should start to see result? Like how much money should they be putting in per day? Roughly, I know it depends yeah. range wise. And then how long should they give it before they start to see some type of results, whether that's the leads coming in or conversions, that kind of stuff. The, the two main variables here are your, your other marketing ecosystem and website traffic. So for mature companies that are spending like for these series C, funded companies that are spending 30 grand a month on Google, if they just started with retargeting, they could see a positive ROI in the first 30 days, almost guaranteed. Wow. Wow. But for companies, you know, for the average startup that's spending a couple grand on Google, maybe some paid listing sites, they've dabbled in SEO. Um, and so LinkedIn's not on its own, but it's not getting some powerhouse of like quality traffic hitting the website constantly. Um, that usually takes about 90 days to maybe uh, show a positive ROI, spending about you know two to four thousand dollars a month. And then there's the third scenario of you don't have anything else in place. You're starting. You picked LinkedIn to start, um, and you're carving out you know cold traffic to your website that then needs to get retargeted, and and everything's in LinkedIn. You know that could take four plus months and five thousand dollars a month to carve out a positive ROI, uh, and that's really mm -hmm. discouraging for a lot of people. But yeah, if you have quality website. Uh, traffic already get the pixel on your website or get the retargeting groups just collecting and just start with yep. retargeting you could almost see instant roi uh, in the first month and is your thought process that these are people that have searched through google found your website looked at your website and then now you're hitting them in the linkedin feed and they're like oh yeah i remember like like subconsciously or consciously it, it kind of it, the light bulb goes off and it's something that you know they had intent at least to a at least they were doing research or they were curious yeah. about it because they had gone to your website. Is that the thought process versus getting a bunch of random emails and dump, dumping them in and like hoping yeah. that someone is interested? So Google, Google ads and Bing, Google search ads are probably the most foundational layer of advertising that most companies start with. And the reason being is that they're very bottom of the funnel. There are people on Google right now every day searching for terms like right. how can I you know, how can I crank out a ton of videos every month? How can I um, run LinkedIn ads? Is is LinkedIn ads agency to run ads for me and take my money? Like there's literally people searching for exactly what you do and by their search, you know, they know that there's a problem, they know there's a solution right. and they're actively looking for a provider. So that's why that traffic, like people can hate on Google search and that is a main spot that people waste money, but it's bottom of the funnel and it shows intent if you do it right. The only Would problem with that is they're usually looking at four or five competitors at the same time. So it's very competitive. 
Right. That, so just retargeting that traffic does a couple of things. It separates you from the other four people they looked at who aren't retargeting them. And mm. if you do it with my strategy, you're not just getting your logo back in front of them and hoping to stay top of mind. You're building trust and telling them why you're the expert, why you can be trusted, delivering value so that in the 90 day window, when they're likely to make a decision, you've positioned yourself at the top and not just, you know, you're not just positioned as a productized service compared to the other four people they looked at as well that day. Well, I see it too. Like if you're in the, if you're coming in their feed through paid ads and they've been searching for this type of stuff, let's say they've been yeah. searching for video marketing companies. And then all of a sudden they see me in the feed talking about, Hey, if you're getting ready to select the video marketing company, here's three things you should look at, or here's, th here's a video marketing strategy that you can implement. That's going to help grow your business and actually work. And now they're like, shit, well that again, that puts you aside and, and apart yeah. from the other four or five companies they looked at. Cause you're to your point. Yes. You're, you're getting a little bit commoditized if they're just finding you on Google and that's all they got. Yeah. Now they're just looking at like price, how good your website looks like, but it's pretty much like they're stacking you like this versus if you've been in front of them with valuable content, you've built a little bit of a relationship and trust with them. Now it's like they're only looking at you now because they haven't mm -hmm. heard from anyone else. Yeah. Do you can, is that, is that, is the Google stuff that you're talking about, is that pretty much SEO or is there a big difference between what you're saying now and SEO? So Google, Google search and SEO, the main difference is SEO is, is basically a difference between like LinkedIn organic and paid. You can carve out through sheer blood, sweat and tears an organic um, following that your posts show up on um, prospects feed because you've curated that network. You've done the work to grow your audience. Whereas paid, you know, if I have X amount of dollars, I can just pay to get on those people's radar without doing all that work. SEO is like the organic work of trying to rank keywords on the Google, on the Google, mm -hmm. the Google. so that if someone typed, <laughs> if someone typed in LinkedIn ads agency for that to show yeah. up organically is going to probably take a year's worth of consistent work around writing blogs and articles around that to rank. Whereas mm -hmm. I can take out a Google search ad and show Sponsored. up on page one today. Like, you know, you. it just costs money. Whereas SEO. That's where the sponsor page comes yeah, into play, right? It'll, yeah, it'll say sponsored. So the first five results are usually sponsored and then organic is going to be, you know, listed below that. Um, and so, yeah, so you can put in the blood, sweat and tears to get up there organically. And that's worth a lot mm -hmm. of money, just like organic content is. But it takes a lot of time and effort to get to that phase where it's like you're reaping the rewards. Paid ads is like, I can be number one today for the right price. Which is, you know, it's pretty nice because the average prospect doesn't know the difference. When they type in LinkedIn ads experts and Impactable shows up as the number one spot, they don't know how much I paid for to be there for them. Right. They they have some level of trust. They also right. sneakily, if they do scroll down and they look for the first organic one, it's a it's a list from Clutch top LinkedIn ads agencies. I also pay to be on that. That one looks organic, <laughs> but it's a paid spot. Boom. Clutch yeah. <laughs> did the, the work to get the organic spot and then they sell the slots. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. It's sneaky. Smart. Yeah, so yeah. you get them either way. Yeah. Yeah. Like so on that. page one, we show up like three or four different spots. One of them is actually organic from our work and three are like paid spots. Uh, so yep. it's kind of funny. I love, that's a great breakdown, man. That's one of the best breakdowns I've heard between SEO and, and paying for Google ads. I think that's a great breakdown. My, one of my three skills in life is explaining things uh, to people in a very simple way, I think, which is also why yes. know, doing the, the training or just delivering, like you said, you know, this is how you do it. Um, I kind of yep. lean into that a lot. Cause it can be very, I know for sure it can be very, if you're 
I mean, I would, I would definitely recommend you hire an expert to help you with ads if you possibly can. Because if you don't, I almost guarantee yeah. you're gonna go months and months, if not a year, and you're gonna not yeah. get much for your money and you're gonna spend a ton of money. And I yeah. think every company has had that happen. So I mean, I would go with someone that's already proven and knows how to do it and can build a strategy out for you. But um, people know when you first get in there, if you're by yourself, it's daunting. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. what the hell do I select? And this is all confusing. And how do I know yeah. if it's working? And then, you know, it's just, it's a whole process. So. What yeah. would you say, like if someone spent $12,000, $15,000 already in ads the past few months and they've gotten 25 leads from it and none of them converted and you just heard about this story, what would your first initial thought be? Like where's the leaky hole in the bucket? Um, usually as part of my process, I would, I, would, I would audit a couple of things. First, I would look at the actual account and I do a lot of audits and I like to post the results of that, you know, to help others. A lot of times yes. there's there's a ton of holes in the actual campaign. They allowed audience expansion. They, too much of the money got shipped off of LinkedIn to the audience network. They mm -hmm. included an or filter instead of an and filter. So it sent it to the completely wrong people or um, you know, there, there's, there's a slew of things that could go wrong in the actual campaign. Um, the biggest thing that I usually see if it's not that is that they just didn't have enough in their marketing ecosystem to make that channel work because that the exact same targeting, exact same creatives, um, all things like if you didn't change anything on the LinkedIn campaign, but some other quality cold traffic source was dumping quality traffic onto the website, like that same LinkedIn funnel could now be profitable if there was mm. other things in the ecosystem funneling uh, into that. But you know, either that system by itself had some flaws or it, there wasn't enough going on around it to kind of help that uh, is often the problem. But my heart usually so breaks when I hear that. When I scroll through the LinkedIn feed, I see a lot of bad ads. And I'm talking about, I don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but I know yeah. that the creative is just not good. How much of the problem is the creative versus the behind the scenes stuff? Um, this this might hurt your heart, um, but I <laughs> <laughs> I think <laughs> I think most of the problem is is on the boring technical side. Is it? And yeah. I think I think because if if you're if you're showing the ad to the wrong person, it doesn't matter how beautiful matter. the ad is. And yes. I think for most of the accounts I audit it doesn't matter like it wouldn't the best creatives in the world couldn't have fixed that problem so right. i think for most people it is a technical targeting uh settings uh framework basic yeah. strategy um and then for mature companies uh it can be yeah a strategy and then a content but for most for the average startup uh they don't have enough foundational stuff to to be worrying too much about even their their content although yes. if they have basic foundations content can make a huge difference but unfortunately, most of them are, are failing at the foundational stuff. No, that makes sense. So, I, but I do want to dive into some of the creative, like what outside of the, the behind the scenes stuff, like what should go, what, what should a LinkedIn ad look like that actually performs? You know, should it look like a regular organic LinkedIn text post? Should there be a decent amount of copy? Should it picture video? Like, what are you seeing that's working? So I'll, I'll redeem myself here and make your heart a little happy. Video works really well. Um, and <laughs> of course it does, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Video works really well. Some of our, and, and surprisingly, or maybe not surprising too, some of our top performing ads from like normal startups is when they're shooting the ads themselves, you know, mm -hmm. but then it gets edited. It looks yep. nice and professional. It doesn't even yep. have to look the most professional, but I right. think people like that, that real, that raw, it's not just like, 
a animated explainer. Like it's yes, one of the actual yes. owners yes. talking, sharing their expertise, some subtitles, some pop-up, like nothing even yep. has to be crazy, but yep. like those do really well as cold and as retargeting. So I would say, again, back to what works naturally for organic transfers over really well for ads, but um, for creatives, I would say, yeah, if it, if it adds that don't look like ads and adds that like are delivering some kind of value. Um, and I mean, I know people say that a lot and I kind of roll my eyes, but it is like, if it's a, I don't know, like my best organic post to actually drive leads is like, here's a LinkedIn ads checklist of how to audit your account. And then, yeah, mm -hmm. so people who have time, like, and they're doing it themselves, they, they can obviously just steal that and improve. And the companies that are paying thousands of dollars to have it managed are like, ah, we're missing like five things from here. Go hire those guys. <laughs> like right. you're fired. Um, and those yes. are great ads. So expert advice, interviews, um, video does really well. The best part about running video for LinkedIn is it's not a yes or no, like for images, they clicked it or they didn't click it. That's all you get for video. How much of the video did they watch? Was it 25, 50, 75, 97%? And then you can retarget based on the percentage of watch. So it's yep. you can actually gauge how engaged they were with the message and mm -hmm. split your retargeting that way, which is really powerful. So do you, when someone's, do, roll really quickly on that, do you, what, if you're running a video, I think you explained it to me one time that you want to kind of create a video first. It's a little hot, you know, top of the funnel. Yeah get really good views and engage and then retarget on the back of that and then if you do that what sh what percentage is good 50 percent or more of them watch the video or what would you recommend i'd say 50 percent or more and to your point yeah i think um i i'm probably a different thought than a lot of people in this respect my my cold ads do tend to be like i don't mind running the explainer or a basic overview video as the cold because if you if you do like an entertaining video or like one of your videos educational or, or what do you call it fun edutainment and uh, ed, edutainment edutainment yeah even if them watching ninety percent of that like I can't really say that they're you know interested in the service like it might have just been a, a really good video like it, right. it got them right. I almost want it to be a little harder educated I'd want some resistance before I put them in your targeting so actually yeah, a semi like straightforward hey, we're a LinkedIn ads agency that offers this, this, and this. Like people who watch 97% of that, they're probably maybe at least curious about an agency. And then yes. you can do fun, entertaining, controversial, like um, educating things in the retargeting, but it almost creates like a, a higher barrier to entry and not just putting everyone in the retargeting. Or you sucked them in with like a very basic tip, yes. which could be appealing to anyone, but then you're getting, you know, the do-it-yourselfers in your retargeting, not people who would have watched a demo on you know what you actually offer. So I would agree with that for thought. sure because I think it's easy to watch a fun video, but you're not looking for them just to watch it. You're looking for yeah. intent and interest along the way. Yeah. Um, what would you recommend? I know there's not one way to do it, but if someone's creating an ad from or campaign from scratch, would you and the business owner is willing to get on video? Would you rather have the business owner be like, hey, we're a blank agency and you're probably dealing with this right now and that kind of going through like the typical video of like, this is what we do, these are the pain points we solve for, here's our solution, or maybe some value in there obviously, here are three things you should look at. Or would you rather see somebody start off with a video testimonial of their customer talking about you know, the service that they got and the results that they got and what it was like working with them? I would, I usually tend to put testimonials in the retargeting and, and because I almost feel like they're not going to care. They don't, if they don't know what, who you are, what you do yet, they're not quite going to care 
or know enough to put in context the results that a, that a testimonial is offering. Yeah. So you kind of want to tell them the, and so what I would do for cold and how it's structured is there's three usually like points. There's this is straightforward. This is who we are. This is what we do. Or there's this is these are the main pain points we solve. If you're experiencing, you know, kind of like what you said, if you're experiencing this, this or this, and then there's what you what you're kind of alluding to with the testimonial. These are the typical results of people that are working with us. So what I would do is I would make you know a couple of ads for each of those pillars. Straightforward, what we do, main point points we solve, typical results of working with us. Um, fun fact: the average frequency of if you let's say you're targeting you know sixty to hundred thousand people, the average frequency is only one to three on the cold layer, which means the average prospect in your funnel is only seeing one to three ads. So you can't stuff a ton in there you you're looking for the top three entry points and so if you have those three what is getting their attention better is it the pain points you're solving that seem to hook them in more is it the 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 what you know the results or is it the straightforward overview and then mm. you're dialing it down so even though you start with six or eight ads you're dialing it down to you know eventually maybe just three ads that are funneling them into retargeting and then you're hitting them with a ton of stuff over the next, you know, three to six months with retargeting, but you don't get a lot of room on the cold layer, um, which is also why I like the more boring, straightforward. But yeah, I'd put testimonials um, after they know who you are and what you do. Good stuff. I love. I could not agree more with that. It makes total sense to me. Um, off topic a little bit, but just the last point I want to hit on here. What about? Do you guys do like TikTok ads? I know you're talking about Facebook a little bit, but have you guys started dabbling in TikTok, or are you, you focused just on LinkedIn for now? Um, we pretty much just focus on LinkedIn. Um, I've personally, you know, I still, uh, I mean, technically I have my, my first full-time marketing hire now up until now through the acquisition up until yeah, a month ago, I was our marketing department and I've dabbled yep. in pretty much everything. I've run TikTok yeah. ads, Facebook, uh, Reddit. Um, I think I didn't know enough to to you know each each platform is its own um yes. and i'm Big a pretty difference between linkedin and tiktok too <laughs> yeah i i quickly realized that i was out of my element the format would have to be different and it was yes. going to take too much time and learning for me to I, I would have to i would have to rely on someone else for the you know you'd have to rely on an expert in that area to for to adapt your content to that yeah, style the creative, and then, yeah. you know, to run ads on that platform. Um, so I, I would definitely wouldn't discount it. I just knew it was outside of my element of expertise. And then I kind of looked at my priority list and realized that wasn't what I was going to invest my time in to carve out, mm -hmm. but it's definitely an intriguing, um, platform. And I imagine from what I hear from the other creators, that edutainment kind of style, um, you know, has a lot oh, of opportunity dude. even for the B2B space. Yes. Um, so, you know, it definitely intrigues me. Well, if you think about like, you know, I think there's a time to be like serious and straightforward, like you said, and then there's a time where like in certain platforms that adhere better to edutainment. And if you think about like Super Bowl ads and a lot of like yeah. the really creative ones, like that's what they're trying to do, right? They're like, if we put a boring ad in front of people, like they're not, yeah. they're going to tune it out, right? So it's like, how do we create something that, and that's exactly what I did with the whole edutainment thing. I was like, I don't want to just entertain and be goofy. I want to yeah. like teach people shit and have it be fun at the same time. And that's why those converted, they can still convert better than any other form of my content because it's like, yeah. it, it's it, it's so engaging to watch, but then there's also a lesson in there and you kind of showcase your expertise, provide some value. And so it's just a combination for a recipe for success. Yeah. So um, Justin, what do you, walk me through, what do you guys, for, so the audience knows, what are you guys offering now? Do you, I know you do LinkedIn ads obviously, but do you, 
come up with this? Is there like a part where, hey, Justin, could we just bring you in to create a strategy or look at our campaigns or do we got to like spend the money with you every month? Like, how does it work? Yeah, so currently LinkedIn Ads Managed Service is our core offering. So us actually taking over the account, um, our, our top clients usually have, you know, their own internal resources to create the ads and we're providing the strategy, the structure, the ongoing account management optimization, weekly reporting. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we, when we made that switch from pure automation style company to now we, we've swung the pendulum to a very personalized service. We're giving weekly loom video audits on top of like a report. So it's a very personalized kind of, uh, yeah. service. We opened up an actual, you know, instead of bots and outsourced like we opened a san antonio office and have you know almost 20 full-time employees on w2 in the office um talking to accounts um we do have the capabilities to uh we do the copy and the creative and this year in the last three months we that wasn't our strong point before and it's still probably not our biggest strong point but it's something we're we're really upping our game we now have you know five or six uh copywriters that we um, engage with on a regular basis to write the copy. We have um, design agencies and freelancers that we're looking to grow and improve our capabilities on both sides. Our area of expertise has always been the strategy, the technical side, and mm-hmm. the kind of the, um, yeah, actually the carrying out the account management. But we're, we're really looking to grow as a, an actual creative agency as well with the copy and creative uh, more this year than we did before. Beautiful. And where can people find you? I know definitely LinkedIn, but anywhere else you want people to go for free resources, get in touch with you. Yeah, if you if you go to my LinkedIn profile um, under my name, you'll have my link tree. Uh, my main resources is my is our YouTube channel, Impactable YouTube channel. Basically, that's a free course that would probably cost you like three or six hundred dollars somewhere else. I basically give it away. There's a basics playbook there. Um, impactable.com is our website. Uh, like I said, LinkedIn managed service is our main one. We actually do, we were bought out, um, by a data heavy investor, um, who brought some stuff mm-hmm. to the table. So one of our newest, uh, one of our newest offers is actually website visitor identification, identifying the actual people paired with the company and even their LinkedIn URL and, uh, additional, you know, Dude. sources. Most companies would only show you the actual person, but not the company or the company, but not the person we've yep. developed a system that kind of ties it together and unifies the record. Um, and those are the main things we, we thought, we thought about branching out to Google or other things, but the LinkedIn side has so much runway. Um, and it's almost not a good use of our time to do anything else other than that right now. Yeah. Man, um, you so, so much runway. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. It's, cra- it's crazy that like, I mean, I, I'm, somehow I got blessed with like timing, like it's an unsaturated market. Like it's the number one B2B like place that I would be running ads. And yet there's, I can't think, I can't even name 10 LinkedIn ads agencies. Like even when I'm searching, you can't find them. And even definitely not anybody putting out really good content consistently. And I, I, when you made that change and we were talking about it offline a while back, I was like, oh man, that's perfect. Like getting out of what you're in to doing what you're doing now. I was like, dude, this is going to be a beautiful move. (laughs) It's it's so much better to the team. Like we, so we didn't lose any of our team. We just retooled them, re retrained them into LinkedIn ads experts. Um, and then Mm -hmm. grew from there. But the, the price is better. The churn is better. The clients yeah. are better. Like every, the margins are better. Everything about like that transition. And now that we're on the other side, it's, it's a world of difference. Yep. 
Well, man, I appreciate you being on the show. If you're listening to this and you need help with your LinkedIn ads, you know who to go to. Uh, and even if you're just curious or you're doing some research, you want to learn more, you still don't know who to go to because he's got a ton of free resources out there. So thanks for being on the show, Justin. I appreciate you. Awesome. I appreciate it too. Thank you. Thanks, dude.